I'm Leslie Ludi, host of the Set Apart Girl podcast, biblical encouragement for women of all ages. Today, I want to talk to you about what it means to wrestle for the souls of your children. So if you're a mom or someone who works closely with children or you have children in your life that you're burdened for, I pray that this message today will really be a supercharge to your spiritual life and your ability to fight and wrestle to see those souls rescued for the glory of God. Before we dive into that message, I wanted to invite you to our upcoming Marriage and Motherhood Retreat. It's happening October 23rd through 25th at the Ellerslie Campus in Colorado, or you can join us anywhere you are via simulcast. This is the first year we've offered a simulcast of this retreat, and I'm really excited about this because I know a lot of women really can't get away easily, especially if you have a lot of young children at home or travel can be difficult right now. So please join us wherever you are via simulcast. It's a great way to share this message with the other women in your life as well. And this is a retreat that is a very special weekend where we are going to be diving deep into truth and applying God's truth and His word to every challenge that we're facing as wives, as mothers, and even if you're a single woman who just desires a clear godly vision for this area of your life, I invite you to join us for this really special weekend. Go to setapartmotherhood.com to learn more and register for this event. I would love to see you there or have you join us via simulcast. So let's look at what it means to wrestle for the souls of our children. This is something that God has really been challenging me with lately with my own children, even though they have all made a profession of faith, to really wrestle to see them radically give their lives to Jesus Christ. And it's easy today as modern day mothers to get caught up in the busyness of our daily lives and managing the logistics of our homes and forget what's really, really important, which is seeing the souls of our children rescued and redeemed by Jesus Christ. And we can be so instrumental in that process. Hudson Taylor, who was one of the most world-changing missionaries in history, was not always passionate about the things of God. At one point in his life, he was a floundering, wayward teen with really no interest in spiritual things. This is such an interesting part of his story. And his mother, who was a devoted Christian, was greatly burdened for the state of his soul. As the years went by and Hudson just remained spiritually indifferent, she began to feel a strong desperation to cry out to God for her son's salvation, to see the power of the gospel really change his life. And one day she was away from home staying with friends, and she really felt a burden to wrestle in prayer for her son. So she locked herself in her room that she was staying in. She knelt by her bed and determined that she would not rise from that spot until she was confident that her son had given his life fully to Jesus Christ. So she began to plead for him hour after hour until she couldn't pray any longer, but she knew in her heart that the victory for Hudson's soul had been gained. God's spirit seemed to make it clear to her heart that her son had come into the kingdom of God that very day. And upon her arrival home several days later, Hudson met her at the door to tell her the joyful news that he had given his life to Christ the very same afternoon she had wrestled in prayer for him. And that is such a powerful story because it's amazing to realize how many countless lives were eternally impacted as a result of this faithful mother's diligent prayers. It wasn't just her own son that came into the kingdom of God that day, but all of the souls that he went on to win for the glory of God throughout his life as a missionary. She was a heroic woman who vigilantly fought and won battles for souls, beginning with her very own children. 
There's a powerful quote that I read a number of years ago from a man named R.A. Torrey, who was an evangelist in the early 1900s. He was speaking specifically to parents, and he said, Oh, mothers and fathers, it is your privilege to have every one of your children saved, but it costs something to have them saved. It costs your spending much time alone with God to be much in prayer, and it costs also your making sacrifices and straightening out those things in your life that are wrong. It costs fulfilling the conditions of prevailing prayer. And if any of you have unsaved children, when you go home today, get alone with God and ask him to show you what it is in your own life that might be responsible for the present condition. That is such a powerful and convicting quote because it reminds us of the great responsibility that we have to spiritually guide our children and wrestle on behalf of their soul. Now, it's easy to look at that quote and think, well, you know, we as parents can't choose for our children. They have to make the decision for themselves. God gave them a free will, and we can't take all the responsibility on our own shoulders. It's certainly true that our children have to choose the gospel for themselves, and we as parents cannot make that decision for them, and it's not completely up to us to see what's going to happen in their in their decision. But it also doesn't mean that we should sit by passively and just hope that they end up choosing the right path. God calls us to fight diligently and passionately for the souls of our children. As R.A. Torrey said, we do have the privilege and the commission from God to fight to see each one of our children give their lives completely to Jesus Christ. And we can't choose salvation for them, and it's not completely our responsibility, and yet we do have a commission and a sacred call in our life from God that will affect them spiritually. As mothers, our decisions and our actions will have a direct impact on the direction of the spiritual lives of our children. And that is an incredibly strong and high responsibility. In recent decades, there have been multiple studies that have revealed that a startling number of Christian teens and college students have abandoned their faith. A lot of these young people grew up in Christian homes, and yet when they entered the real world, quote unquote, of high school or college or the secular workforce, the powers of doubt and darkness and apathy started to pull them away from Christ. The Bible says that it doesn't have to be this way. It requires vigilance and effort on our part. Instead of just passively letting these years go by, we're supposed to be like diligent soldiers fighting on our knees for our children's souls. It says in Proverbs 31.10, who can find a virtuous woman? The word virtuous in this verse, if you've heard any of my other teachings on this, it means valiant, mighty, and strong. This is a warfare term. It's the same word used to describe the valiance of King David when he put his alien armies to flight through the power of God. In other words, a godly mother is not passive or spiritually weak. She is armed and ready for spiritual battle. In Proverbs 31, 27, it says that she watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. This doesn't just mean doing the laundry. This means standing guard over our home and the souls of our children with the vigilance of a soldier, never letting down our guard, never laying down our sword. Now, these verses convict me even as I read them. This is not something that I feel I've arrived in in my motherhood journey because it's really easy to become distracted with daily cares and daily preoccupations and even just the noise of the culture and forget the life or death battle over our children's souls. So I have to constantly be reminded of how important it is that I don't lay down my sword. 
And really, the only way to win this epic battle for our children's souls is to fight it on our knees. One of the deadliest lies of the enemy today is to convince Christian parents that we don't really have time for true wrestling prayer. It's really easy to look at motherhood, especially the early years of motherhood, as a time when it's totally fine and acceptable to coast spiritually. It's easy to let those constant demands of young children push our prayer and quiet times to the back burner and just come to the conclusion, you know, I'll get serious about spiritual things when my kids are older and I have more time. But if the enemy can lull us to sleep spiritually, it's that much easier for him to do his dirty work in the lives of our children. He wants nothing more than to see us lay down our sword and stop fighting on behalf of our children's soul. So he often convinces us that we owe it to ourselves to take it easy during these intense seasons of child raising rather than rising up and exerting ourselves spiritually on behalf of our kids. If we want to see our children made strong spiritually and choose light over darkness, we need to embrace that same commitment that Hudson Taylor's mother did, refusing to stop wrestling in prayer and faith to see God's purposes accomplished in our children's lives. As mothers, and of course as fathers too, Christian parents have been entrusted with the sacred privilege and opportunity of leading our children to Jesus Christ and preparing them to become ambassadors for the gospel. At the same time, the enemy of their soul is constantly at work, looking for ways to pull them away from truth and lead them down the path of destruction. The battle over their internal future is intense, especially during the formative years of their lives. So Christian mothers, if you are a Christian mother today, it is really important that you make the decision to rise up and become armed and ready for the battle that you've been called to fight on behalf of your kids. Now is not the time to lay down your sword. Now, let's look at some of the most common lies the enemy uses to keep us spiritually apathetic instead of vigilant and watchful. These are things that I know I've heard and I've been drawn into in my own life, and God has had to remind me of what his word actually says and how to combat these lies with truth. The first excuse that is very common that the enemy often whispers in our ears is that I don't have time for prayer because I'm a mom of little kids. Now, there's no question that kids demand a huge amount of a mom's time and energy. I can say from personal experience that the more kids God brings into our family, the less time I have. But I've also discovered that the busier I've become and the more responsibilities there are on my plate, the more important prayer is. And I've often quoted that homeschool mom of six that I heard say, I'm too busy not to pray. And we've discussed this in previous episodes. The reality is that prayer and time with Christ is what gives us strength and perspective and grace to live victoriously and face the daily battles that we're called to fight. It's what gives us strength for our calling. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. That's from John 15, 5. So when we try to work hard at the tasks we have in front of us or serve our families or raise our children without taking any time to be with Christ or to read his word or to lay our cares at his feet, we are going to become distracted with much serving just like Martha did. Whenever I catch myself saying, I just have too much to get done today to spend time in prayer, that's when I know that spiritual apathy has crept in and that I've allowed the cares of this world to keep me from God. Not only does this mindset weaken my own spiritual life, but it also does affect the lives of my children, the spiritual lives and pursuits of my children. A common mentality among moms today is I can't afford time in my schedule for prayer, but the real truth is this, as Christian mothers, we can't afford not to make 
time in our schedule for prayer. Now, prayer may not seem very practical when you have young children, but there's almost always a way to make time for prayer if we are really purposing in our heart to do it. John Hyde, who was known as John Praying Hyde, said it this way, early in the morning at four or five o'clock and late at night to 12 or one o'clock in college or at parties at home, I used to keep such hours for myself for pleasure. Can I not do as much for God and for souls? And Corey Ten Boom says something very practical about this. Don't just pray when you feel like it. Have an appointment with the Lord and keep it. I found that when I live according to that principle, my families and my children really start to become transformed for eternity. Now, you may have to get creative, and I've talked about this in other podcasts. This doesn't mean that you necessarily have three hours of uninterrupted time every day to have a quiet time when you're raising young children, but look at the creative moments in your day, just times when you can steal away and come to the feet of Jesus. It could be while your kids are napping. It could be time that you would normally be on social media, and God is saying, use that time to be in my presence. Ask God to show you what that means for you, but don't allow the enemy to lull you to sleep spiritually during these child-raising years of your life. Another excuse the enemy often baits us with is, you know, God doesn't accept the same level of spiritual commitment because I have kids. Now, I said this earlier, it's really easy to see the child-raising years as a time to take it easy spiritually rather than a season to pursue God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And yet it doesn't say in Scripture that we are excused from diligently serving Christ just because we have young children at home. Romans 12, 11 says that we are never to be lacking in zeal, but to keep our spiritual fervor serving the Lord. And personally, I found that it's not the times when I've attempted to coast spiritually that I've excelled in my motherhood. It's the times when I pursued more of God with passion and true commitment. When I am on fire for him, I find that I have the energy, the strength, and the wisdom to fully embrace my sacred calling as a mother. And I have everything that I need. Even when life is exhausting, I have the spiritual strength I need to invest spiritually into the lives of my children. But when my spiritual life lags, I begin to lose focus. I begin to lose purpose. And I end up just going through the motions of child raising. And I don't have the same level of grace when things become difficult. Jesus told the story of a man who gave a great supper and invited many, saying, Come, for all things are now ready. But one by one, each person that he invited gave an excuse. The first said to him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I need to go see it. Another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, I need to go test them. Another said, I have married, I have a wife, therefore I cannot come. And I'm sure that each of these men felt completely justified in their excuses not to come to the banquet. They felt sure that their host would understand their unique situation, but because they were preoccupied with temporal cares and distractions, they missed the opportunity of a lifetime. How often do we do the same? Because our loving Redeemer is waiting daily at the banqueting table for us. He is eager. He's ready to fellowship with us and allow us to partake of everything that He is. But how often do we make excuses and miss out on what He has to offer? For us. Remember, Jesus doesn't demand us to cultivate a relationship with him. He lovingly invites us into his presence on a daily basis. And once we make the choice to put aside all excuses and pursue him with everything that we have, we'll never want to go back to an apathetic spiritual life. When we are in a right relationship with him, everything else just seems to fall into place, including motherhood. I love what John Wesley used to say, I have so much to do today that I will spend the first three hours in prayer before I am able to do it. Now, again, you may not be able to spend three hours of your day in prayer to be successful in your motherhood journey, but the underlying principle is still true. We will have everything we need when we put Jesus first. 
Another excuse is that prayer is not a practical enough solution to my problems. I remember being on a radio show one time for an interview, and it was a show on motherhood, and I was really encouraging the moms to take the cares that they were facing in raising children and lay those cares at the feet of Jesus and wrestle in prayer for God to gain victory in whatever challenge they might be facing. And I remember the host of the show saying, you know, prayer is great, but it's not a very practical solution. And that's a common mindset. We so often think of prayer as a spiritual exercise, but one that doesn't really affect our lives in any practical way. But really, nothing could be further from the truth. Prayer is one of the most practical, real-world activities that we could ever participate in. When the disciples were on a journey with Jesus and they forgot to bring bread, they were worried that they would reap the consequence of their foolish mistake. But Jesus chided them and he said, do you not remember when I broke the loaves for the 5,000, how many baskets of left? overs did you collect? In essence, he was saying, why are you worried that you forgot bread when you have the bread of life as your traveling companion? In the same way, we need to not overlook the endless resources that we have available to us in Jesus for every practical need in our life. Prayer is not supposed to produce mythical results in our life, but real life results. It's only when we are filled with doubt and impatience that prayer becomes ineffective because real prayer always produces real results. Now, I'm not talking about a name it, claim it approach where you just get whatever you want just by asking God. What I am talking about is the fact that prayer produces tangible, practical solutions in our daily lives for our challenges. When we come to God with childlike faith, He answers our prayers. He may change our circumstances supernaturally, or He may just give us grace and wisdom to handle them and walk through them with more victory. But He is always ready and waiting to give us everything that we need when we cast our cares at His feet. I have seen the power of prayer so many times in the area of motherhood, all the way from the time my children were babies and we were dealing with little baby issues in their lives and we began to pray about them. I remember when our daughter... Harper first came home from Korea. She didn't know how to sleep in a crib. She'd never ridden in a car seat or a stroller. Her sleep schedule was completely opposite of ours. So instead of frantically searching for practical answers to these challenges, we were challenged spiritually to take these things to God in importunate prayer. And it was easy for me to look at them as small issues, but we began to ask God to intervene in these small issues of her little baby life. And we saw him work a miracle where she learned how to love her crib and be happy in her car seat and adjusted her sleeping schedule to be in sync with the rest of our families. She had also struggled with stranger anxiety before coming home to be in our family, and her caseworker had been really concerned about her ability to bond with us and feel comfortable in in her new family. But from the moment we held her, she was completely relaxed and happy and content. She showed no signs of stranger anxiety. It was such an incredible real-life example to our fervent praying. And I remember when my son Kipling was about three, I started to notice that he always wanted to be a bad guy when he was playing with his siblings. So I began to pray that God would give him a a vision to be a hero and not a villain. And a few days later, he ran into the house announcing, Mommy, I'm a rescuer, not a bad guy. And again, a small thing, but a very clear and tangible evidence that my prayers were being answered. Now, we've seen the, the power of God work in much bigger areas of our life and our family as well, but I've learned that when we start with the small areas, it gives us that incredible fuel to take the larger areas to God in prayer. The key is turning to Him as our first and foremost ultimate source of strength, wisdom, and help. 
So some final thoughts that I want to share with you as you are wrestling for the souls of your children. It's not about you doing everything perfectly and saying all the right things. It's about you making the commitment to say, Lord, I am going after the souls of of my children first and foremost in prayer. And then I know that you will give me the practical wisdom of when and how I should share the gospel with them on a daily basis. Remember, prayer should not be an afterthought in our parenting. It should be the foundation of everything that we're doing with our children. Real prayer always produces practical, tangible solutions to the problems that we're facing with our children, and real prayer wins the souls of our children. We serve a God who is eager and ready to come to our aid to draw the souls of our children to Him if we are willing to give Him the opportunity to do so. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. If you would like to take the principles of Set Apart Motherhood deeper in your life, you can visit setapartmotherhood.com, which has loads of articles and resources on becoming a Christ-centered mother. If you would like to simply learn more about becoming a Christ-centered woman and bringing Christ into every aspect of your daily life, then visit us at setapartgirl.com and see the many resources that we have for you there on living a set-apart life for Jesus Christ. I pray you have a blessed and Christ-centered week.